0: Welcome to No, no ordinary, ordinary Women. women the <laughs> podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad the and the shit bad, shit crazy. Shit crazy. <laughs>
1: Good job, Lynn. Good job.
0: Did I sound like Howard Cosell? You probably don't even know who that is, do you? (laughs) I do not. (laughs) My mom just wrecked. She's laughing so hard. She's driving um, while listening. Howard Cosell was like an old sports commentator. He would talk like this, Howard Cosell! I'm not doing it as well as I should, but yeah, he he had a very distinct voice. Was Uh, that
1: back in the 40s?
0: That didn't sound very good, did it? No. I sound like there's a little bit of a crash upstairs. Here, hold on. I'll pull them up for you.
1: Please do. Howard. Very excited about it.
0: Yes. Howard Gozell. Let's see. Videos.
1: Hello again, everyone. It's good to have you with us for this event. It figures to be an exceptional one. One that doesn't need any buildup. The rest of Monday. The one that bud, a bud, He sounds like he's like reading something. Oh, go <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, so anyway.
1: Oh, hi, I'm Rose. Hi, I'm Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Ordinary Women. Women.
0: So, our cocktail of the week, ladies and germs, is a dark and stormy, just like Rose's behavior. Um, it is two ounces of dark rum. I chose to use Myers. Um, two ounces in each one? Two ounces in each one. Ooh. I'm on my second one oh my because God. Rose wouldn't shut up
1: and now I had it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's and the then, problem. We should wait till we start, start Yeah, treating. really, we should.
0: And then uh, two splashes, two little shakers, little splashes of bitters and then lime juice and then you top it with a ginger beer.
1: Look at my muscle popping.
0: And um, anyway, and then you garnish with a lime. It's very delicious. And I haven't drank since Sunday, so I've been very well behaved. So
1: in that regard, it's (laughs) on, (laughs) motherfuckers. Now the floodgates have opened.
0: So Rose, do you have a funny story to tell us this week? A little preliminary, a little funny story, a little
1: preliminary giggle. (laughs) So this week was my friend and coworker Emily's fortieth birthday.
0: Oh my god, you said her name. Now we have to give her money. You mentioned her, and now we're going to have to pay her for the funds that we make on this episode.
1: Yeah, all the money we're making. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, you got about... There's so much. It's like, yeah. Ten cents coming to you.
0: Not even. We're, uh, that's actually, so weird. We're gonna... She just texted me. That's weird. You're going to owe us ten cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, probably.
1: <laughs> we're actually in debt <laughs> to Yes, this yes. podcast. For sure. So anyway, so it was her birthday. So I, needed, I wanted to go get her a balloon and some Diet Coke because that's her favorite. And so I went to our local grocery store by my, where I work and I go in and it's like Valentine's Day threw up in that store. Ugh. There are Valentine's Day balloons everywhere, like everywhere, Lynn. <laughs> like there must have been hundreds of them really? in this grocery store. Oh my God. I was like, what is going on? Who's buying that many Valentine's Day balloons? Like I've never gotten a Valentine's Day balloon. N-
0: nobody's getting them for me. I can tell
1: you that right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll get you one from I Giant nothing. this year. I don't,
0: I don't want a Mylar balloon.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Rose. So, I'd rather have a
0: cake. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That's what I told Chris when we first got together. I'm like, please don't buy me any flowers for Valentine's Day. Just chocolate's fine. Oh, I love flowers, though. I hate flowers. I especially,
0: especially when they get delivered to work. I just feel so special. Do I you? love Oh, I love but that so much. But you don't so even much. go to work. Well, back in the day.
1: Does Penelope, like, get really jealous? Penelope does. She's like, (laughs)
0: bitch. No. I love, oh my gosh, it's, I would feel so special when I would get stuff at work. Yeah. I hate
1: flour. I hate getting flowers. Yeah. Um, Because they just die. Like, what are you supposed to do with them? You can't eat them.
0: Uh, Well, you can if you want. (laughs) Nobody's stopping you. You can drink the dirty water, too, from the vase.
1: (gasps) It doesn't taste good. Anyway, so, I go up to the flower counter, and I ask the woman, I tell her I want a birthday balloon. (laughs)
0: Will you you touch my flower?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's been a while. (laughs) So she walks with me to look for a birthday balloon. She doesn't believe that there aren't any. And I'm like, do you see any birthday balloons around here? Anyway, so she shows me where I wanted a really big one. That's what she said. (laughs) God. I knew right when I I came out, I was like, fuck, I should have said that. (laughs) So um, I pick out one that's not small <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one the girthy one
1: <laughs> and like she has to like put this thing to blow it up and then put it together it's that big so it's taking forever so i ask her for the little tag so i can go pay for it and i get in line it's early in the morning so no one's at, at the store this guy's like looking at his phone it's this older gentleman He's like looking at his phone and I I come up and he's like, oh, are you buying a balloon? And I said, yeah, it's my coworker's 40th birthday. And he goes, oh, my 40th birthday was the worst one ever. And I was like, oh, God.
0: I was like, here we go.
1: (laughs) And I hate, absolutely hate having small talk with people, (laughs) especially at 730 in the morning. I was like, oh, my God. God." uh, No, no, that
0: wouldn't work for
1: me. And so he starts telling me. He's like, it's my 40th birthday. I'm going through a divorce. I'm in a horrible mood. My mom calls me. She's like, I want to take you out to dinner and I want to go to this Mexican restaurant. And he says he doesn't really want to go, but he wants to make her happy. So he's like, OK, mom, that's fine. So they go out he wants with, to make her happy on his. Birthday. Yeah, Right. So, yeah, you see how this relationship is. <laughs> so he goes out. It's him, his mom, and his sister. And the mom's complaining the entire time. He's, like, tells me everything he orders. This was a long conversation. <laughs> he tells me, like, I order a— The lady was
0: blowing up the balloon with a, with a cocktail straw. <laughs>
1: Well, she had to get help to put it together. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then he couldn't figure it out. So anyway, so this guy's like, yeah, I ordered like a quesadilla. And then my mom's like, oh, I can't believe you're ordering that. And then I order a beer and she's like complaining about that. And then I order, um, he ordered another drink after dinner, like some kind of alcoholic coffee type drink.
0: It's his birthday. I know.
1: And then he ordered uh, some kind of dessert.
0: Wait a minute. Hold on. Back up. What? What did this man look like?
1: He was not somebody you'd be oh, interested okay. in.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> just thought I'd ask.
1: <laughs> Although he does work at Giant, so he maybe he works at the grocery store. At, uh, Wouldn't be your first. Time. He has a job. There's a
0: he has a job. He has yeah, a car. He has a car. Did you ask <laughs> if he drove? <laughs> he has a job.
1: So he, um so he orders this stuff, and his mom's complaining the whole time. So finally, his sister is like, "Mom." That's enough. Like, you've been complaining. You're making everyone miserable. Stop complaining. Well, she doesn't stop complaining. She continues complaining throughout the whole dinner. And he's like, Dinner's over. And he's like, Thank God I can go home by myself.
0: (laughs) And he's like, I could have stayed married if I wanted all this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so the check comes and he's like, Waiting for one of them to pick it up. And they look at each other and they're like, Are you paying? And the mom thought the sister was paying. The sister thought the mom was paying. And so neither one brought any money.
0: Wait. So the, here's here's my question, Rose. So the mom and the sister come to dinner and neither one of them have a purse. Right. They just came to dinner with no purse. They just came to dinner they with just no, came purse. Dinner with Two no people. purse. Yeah. With no, no cash, no purse, no license, no nothing. No <laughs> Apple not. Pay, no Apple Watch,
1: well, no phone. Well, he was be, like when his 40th birthday was probably a long time ago.
0: And it would still... I'm, I don't care. Like they didn't bring a purse. Right. I guess not. He
1: said they neither one of them had any money on them, and so he ended up paying for the entire dinner. Oh my god, poor guy. He's like that was the worst birthday ever, and then I'm like, oh okay, I'm I've been standing there for a while by now, and I'm like, oh my god, how am I gonna get? He's like one of those people who doesn't stop talking, you know? When you're you're like, okay, like trying to like I think they're done with my balloon now. And he's like following me, oh no, and standing rocks. in front of me, talking to me, like following me to the <laughs> flower counter. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> He wouldn't
0: stop. No, because, like, your, your saving grace would have been the person behind you in line. But it was oh, no. so, so early, there was nobody. Somebody,
1: somebody came up as he's, like, following me out. And I'm trying to, like, tell him, like, oh, there's somebody at the counter. But he was still following me. Like, he was ignoring that person and following me. You're
0: like, oh, my God, there's somebody else in line. And the manager doesn't care. He doesn't care. Nobody fucking cares. That person, go to self-checkout, you lazy I'm bitch. like, what
1: did I do to deserve this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so fantastic. i got my balloon finally i had to stand there for like another five minutes that's and wait for my balloon when you, when you
0: get something i know that I... will never biodegrade in the world you'll have to wait what's well,
1: gonna be in her office a long time and you're gonna... <laughs> there, there you go and um as i was going out he's like bye have fun <laughs> do you know that you can
0: um i don't know if giant does this but a lot of times if you have a balloon like that and it starts like going flat you can bring it back and they'll blow it back up oh really for free yeah some places.
1: disneyland does that
0: Oh, you just have to bring it back to Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, That's Disney really fucking convenient. I mean, if you're Hold there, on, let me fold up this balloon <laughs> and stick it in our luggage, and then I'll surprise my kids when we get there and be like,
1: "Look, they have the same balloon they did seven years ago." Oh my god! You, some Disney moms will do that. Shit. I would totally do it. Absolutely, save would. that money, I save like, the earth, make it a better place.
0: Absolutely. There you go. So, Rose. So. so now that you told us, are a little funny. Anyway,
1: I'm exhausted. Now I need to. That was right, enough that talking was for me. Until next week. <laughs> that was my story. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, Who are
0: you telling us about this week? I'm so excited. I picked my lady out for next week. I'm like, yeah.
1: Who is it? I can't remember her name. <laughs> um, so you're really into her. Well, uh, don't tell us on on air. Uh, I can't tell you. Yeah. Okay. So my mom actually suggested. <laughs> I was going to say requested. <laughs> suggested. Two women to me, and this is one of them. That's so funny because your
0: mom. You can cut this out if you want, but the funny thing is, like, your mom's like, "Where can I watch this?" Because she doesn't want to listen to the <laughs> podcast. She comments on her Facebook and says, "Where can I watch this?"
1: I know. I almost died. And we're both like, it's a podcast,
0: but she really just doesn't, doesn't want to listen to us. She wants to watch it. Funny because
1: she used to listen to it. So I was thinking that. Maybe she thought it was some other podcast or maybe she thought it was like something else. I don't know. And she was like, "Oh, that and story like, sounds like oh, it's
0: right here." Some other random person <laughs> responded to her. It was like, "Oh, you can watch you can watch it on like Disney right here." And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god i almost died
0: i was cracking up i, I was, was like, cracking up can, uh, and then uh, I, was I was like "Who re- answered i was gonna respond and i was like well there you go Somebody we responded okay i was like did she even give her the right link she gave her a link to some like it was on like so it was a there was like a documentary or something
1: oh of the like actual person yes and so they were like
0: oh you can find it on blah blah." And i was like
1: oh my god. maybe that's what she meant i don't know so funny. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she re- she suggested this person, and it was it's a really good story. Even better because I'm telling it. Of
0: course. You ready to get started? I'm out of my second drink, so you need to hurry up.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. You have a little left. I have a widow whipped. A, a widow of. A widow of. So Jane and Eduardo Valseca were enjoying life in San Miguel. Suck-a what? Secca. Sucker this. <laughs> Suck a this. <laughs> we're enjoying life in San Miguel de. Elende, Mexico. They had met in 1992 at a payphone in a Washington D.C. suburb. A
0: payphone?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. In that's a park. So funny. She was like on a payphone in a parking lot, like, and she saw him in his car, and she was like, "Ooh la la." Jane was twenty, a twenty-six-year-old actress from Silver Spring. Can you keep I'm it sorry, down over there? I'm you good? i good. <laughs> Jane was a 26-year-old actress from Silver Springs, Maryland, and Eduardo was a 44-year-old art dealer from Mexico. So they had an 18-year age gap. Oh my god, which is nuts. Eduardo came from a pretty affluent like family, like me and my mom. <laughs> That's my sister, and my no, mom. It's actually, me and Chris, really, my son. <laughs> Were you 18 when you had? No,
0: he, he's it's like 20.
1: My sister, my mom was 17 when she had my sister.
0: That's what's wrong with Christina.
1: One of the things. One of the many things. Yep. Eduardo came from a pretty affluent family. His father was once in charge of a vast media empire that encompassed over 40 newspapers in Mexico. But by this time, his family no longer had any money. All he had was a vintage vintage luxury Pullman train car where his father once conducted all his business meetings.
0: A Pullman train car?
1: Yeah, it's just like this... I don't know where... The The father had the train car, but um it i saw i saw video footage of it it's pretty cool. It's just like a train car like a one of the old train cars was it like
0: on a track or just like sitting in their yard I don't know, oh okay
1: I mean later it was sitting in their yard, but when the dad had it, I don't know where it was okay sitting. I don't know yeah i I didn't really think that much of it, but now I'm like, that's true. Where the fuck was why it? Why did you have a train <laughs> like, car? How do
0: you get a train car off of a track and into a yard? <laughs> like, you have a crane or, like, I guess. A tow truck?
1: I don't know. So, Eduardo and Jane got married two years later in 1994 and began buying and flipping homes. That's a good year. They soon bought... Why? 1994.
0: That's when Caitlin was born.
1: Oh. That's not your favorite kid, so... <gasps> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're all your favorite. None of them listen, so it's okay. They read <laughs> That's <all> true. <laughs> <laughs> we know Casey doesn't listen for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Casey wouldn't even return my calls. What are you kidding
1: me? <laughs> <laughs> they soon brought, bought a 1,000-acre desert ranch near San Miguel in central Mexico. I going to live there. Where he rode horses and she tended to cactus gardens. Ugh.
0: I want to do that. You want to live in Mexico? Anything, anything better than
1: this. <laughs> well, after you hear this story, you might not think that. Oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. So they parked that historic train car on their property, and it was something that really made it feel like home. So they took the train car and moved it there, hmm. which I mean, seems so. crazy to me. Like, yeah, how yeah, did like, they get it there? Uh, they must have had like a tow
0: truck pick it up or something.
1: Maybe they built tracks. Maybe it was one of those where it, like like the toys or it throws down the track in front of it. And yeah. No,
0: you can't. They, they probably just towed it. I because mean, it'll still roll on ground.
1: They can't tow it, you dumbass. No, like they put
0: it on a flatbed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Going down the road, sparks flying everywhere. But it was it's, like, what are you talking about? But the dirt. But the roads are dirt, in mostly Mexico, so it's okay.
1: Yeah. So they raised three children and helped establish a Waldorf school on their ranch oh, wow. that emphasized art and its na- and nature in its curriculum. It was on their ranch. Isn't that cool?
0: That's really cool.
1: On June 13, 2007, after after dropping off their children at school, the Valsecas were headed back to their house when a pickup truck suddenly appeared alongside them on a quiet road. So this pickup truck's like they're going here, like they're driving on their road and then there's like a side road next to it mm-hmm. and there's that pickup truck like there. Yeah. Okay. And then there's an SUV in front of them going toward their house, which is weird because I'm like the way the story reads, and when I was watching it, I watched an oxygen. I think it was Dateline or an oxygen.
0: You breathe oxygen, you don't watch it. <laughs> my God. I think I watched. Oh, the channel oxygen.
1: But yeah, it says like that that's their property and the school's on their property, but then it. I don't know. I would be like, why are you on my property if there's some random cars, right? Yeah. So. Anyway, there's an SUV in front of them, a car like on this side road. And then so they're driving and the car in front of them, this SUV slams on its brakes. Oh, so they slam on their brakes and then a car like hits them in the back. Oh, no. Um, so, and then masked men armed with pistols and hammers smash their windows and drag them to the ground. Oh, my God. In the yeah, chaos that ensued... I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I changed my mind. <laughs> a man with a hammer and a gun shattered their window and assaulted Edward old, splattering blood everywhere. Oh. They, like, knocked him in the head with, with a hammer. Yeah.
0: Head wounds bleed a lot.
1: And all Jane could think about was her, that her children were going to lose their parents. Of course, a mother would think that, you know. And so she's begging them, please don't hurt me. Yeah. I have kids. Please don't yeah. hurt me.
0: What about... Well, wait a minute. So the school... Is like, did they run it or?
1: So it says that they started it. Like, so I think, and it was on their property. It was very, it was, some of the story is confusing about how things were kind of laid out. Right. But it, it, they did definitely start, start the, school, the school and they had like part ownership of the school, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know that it was like their school you know what I mean? Oh, uh, okay. Like, okay. so other teachers ran it, but I think Jane also maybe helped out. Yeah, but if it's a
0: Waldorf school, they have to, like...
1: Right, they have yeah, to have so some kind of credentials or something. Or yeah, something. I, okay. definitely other people were running it. Oh, okay. Um, the man put a gun between her eyes to force her into submission and oh, then put geez. pillowcases over their heads and forced them into the SUV. Jane reached out for Eduardo and felt blood running down his arm. Oh. She could feel blood pouring for her, from her own cut, finger she tried to memorize each bump and turn as the suv veered onto the highway toward san miguel then minutes later pulled over stopped and someone pulled eduardo from the suv and he screamed she could hear another car door slam shut and she pulled the pillowcase up just in time to see a car pull away with eduardo inside oh, no. suddenly she realized that she was all alone everyone had left and abandoned her and the car she That's was weird i know she was still bound and sitting in the back of the car, and so she managed to free herself and get out of the car and hop to the highway. Oh, my dad's
0: calling. Hang on. I have it in Do Not Disturb.
1: Okay. Sorry, we had to stop because Lynn's dad called her. Sorry, it's Interrupted his the podcast. It's
0: his birthday.
1: Must be nice to have a dad. <gasps> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My dad is the
0: greatest human being. No, he is. He's the sweetest. He's amazing. And he loves um, his
1: little Linny. He
0: loves me, his little Linny. But yeah, he... um, What's he call
1: you? Does he just call you Lin? He just calls me Lin. It's usually like, Lin!
0: Usually, Lin! No, but he... Today's his birthday, and they were doing a trial run at a dog kennel for his dog for the day, and um, it's one that I recommended via a friend of mine and up near where he lives, and and he was so stressed about her going. He
1: was like, it's "So funny." She
0: is like, tries to crawl in his skin. She like wants to be <laughs> on his lap all the time. She's so attached to him. And um, when they picked her up, they said that she did a re- she did really well. And then when they picked her up, she was like spastic, jumping around the car. <laughs> so happy, happy to see. That's them, how
1: so. heart used to be when we pick her up.
0: So excited. So
1: so she managed to free herself and get out of the car, and she like hopped to the highway because her her feet were. Um, bound together still mm. and so she hops to the highway and she's like waving down like trying to get a car to stop and no one's stopping oh
0: my god somebody that's tied she's like tied up
1: yeah she's tied up and bloody and nobody's and oh my god finally a car stops and it's an elderly man but he doesn't have a cell phone so he can't do anything uh-huh. and he some, some reason he has a machete in his car that's oh, all he had I mean this is like Mexico and it's yeah. like he was probably going to his farm or something yeah. you know and so he comes out with his machete, I guess, thinking, like, in case they come back. Yeah. And so she's still frantically trying to wave people down. And she knew, like, I probably look pretty fucking scary because I'm bleeding and I'm in duct tape and I'm next to a guy with a machete. <laughs> like well, Nobody's going to want to
0: stop. Also, too, in Mexico, because the, you know, the drug lords and all that stuff. Yeah. I think people see that and they're like, oh, I'm not getting yeah, involved. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so she didn't know what else to do. So she just jumped in front of an oncoming bus oh and was bus? waving. Yeah. And she was just waving. And he stopped because, like, it job. was either a stop or run her over. Yeah. <laughs> and no one on the bus had a cell phone. And this was in 2007. Oh, OK. Um, in Mexico. So, you know. Yeah. And it's a small town in Mexico, too. But the bus driver was able to flag down a taxi driver who had a cell phone, and so they were able to call the police. When she went back to the spot where she had been abandoned in the car, she discovered a ransom note specifically addressed to her. And it outlined, like, instructions to return home and use a a certain email address designated for communications with the kidnappers to negotiate ransom demands. And... She thought it was really weird because no one ever spelled her name correctly. Her name's J-A-Y-N-E. Like, everyone spells it J-A-N-E, like, right. regular. And they had spelled her name correctly. Oh, shit. And so she was like, okay, they must they, they must me. be stalking me. They knew me. And yeah, they must know, know our family really well. Yeah. And, you know, the police weren't that surprised. I mean, kidnapping's pretty common in Mexico. Yeah. Especially is. for like ransom. So she needed to get help, but who was she supposed to call? So she knew she knew that one of the toughest gangs in Mexico was headed by police who were in charge of the anti-kidnapping group. So she couldn't call <laughs> Wait, the state police. So the
0: the toughest one of the toughest let's let's review that. One of the toughest gangs in in Mexico is run by the police. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so and about they, right. They are also in charge of the anti-kidnapping group. So Oh
0: my god.
1: <laughs> like So what's you go the a, point?
0: that's a big circle right there. <laughs> right. Exactly, that's a big, yeah. We're getting nowhere. <laughs>
1: Another option was the aFI, which is the Mexican FBI. And the third option was a private investigator who would cost thousands of dollars a day. And oh Jane Lord. just didn't have that kind of money. So Jane contacted the aFI. That's who she decided mm. was probably going to be her best bet. She had contacted a private investigator. She's doing this on the side of the road, mind you, like, as oh my she's God. yeah, like she's still on the side of the road waiting for I don't know who's going to take her home, but she's still sitting there on the side of the road with her feet bound calling, sitting in the dirt, calling
0: the guy with the machete couldn't unbind, to her, her, husband, feet, that. unbind her feet.
1: I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did. But um, she had memorized the license plates of the car that that took her husband.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And they couldn't, they didn't couldn't do anything because, I mean, I think one, it's corrupt. And two, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's such a well-run op- operation that it's, they can cover their asses. They, you know? yeah. They're not using their own car with their name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, at the time of the kidnapping, their kids were 12, 7, and 6. And she didn't want to tell the little kids what happened. So, she told the 7 and 6 year old, a boy and a girl, that Eduardo had gone on a business trip, uh-huh. which they were, even at 7 and 6, they were a little suspicious of because they, like, he didn't really do that, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, in last minute, kind of like. Yeah, wait, like, what? wait, what? Yeah. he
1: just dropped me off and now he's gone. But she knew she had to tell the 12-year-old, Fernando, the truth. And so she told him what happened and that she was going to do everything within her power to get him back, even if it meant selling everything they owned. And Eduardo, in that Oxygen program I watched um – no, I keep saying Oxygen. I think it was Dateline. The Dateline program I watched. The kids are all interviewed as adults, and Fernando says that he saw them speeding by the school, going the opposite direction. He didn't know they had their parents in the car, but he was like, "Oh my god!" It was weird enough that he like registered it. it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's because the road is like on their property, right? So he was like, "Who's that?" Yeah, like why are they beating down? yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the AFI says that they will send out an agent to work with her. So she's expecting some, like, big buff guy strapped with guns to show up in, like, a big black car, you know, like, to come protect her and her kids. Instead, she gets a call from the bus station at 3 a.m., and it's the AFI agent, and he's like, can you come pick me up?
0: What? <laughs> yeah. What?
1: So he doesn't have, <laughs> have a car? He doesn't oh. have a car. He just cut the bus. Oh so she meets him at the bus station, and What's he looks like he's God. like a high school kid. And she's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like wearing a baseball cap and everything. She's like, um, "Do you even have a gun?" And he's like, "No, I don't have a gun." And he notices, like he can tell what what she's thinking. And he's like, finally, he's like, because she keeps asking him all these questions, yeah. and he's like telling her. So finally, he says, look, would you really want me arriving in a bulletproof suburban and coming out with a machine gun? How would that look if you're being watched? Because, uh, you know, yeah. you're not supposed to, like, contact the police and stuff. Oh,
0: that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And so so he
0: could be like a cousin or a brother. Yeah, or right. Something. That she's right, just picking right. up.
1: Then um, when like, she actually ta- spoke with him and learned that he was a lot older than he looked, like he was making himself look young, yeah. you know, and and like a. Like a young college kid or something, right. and that he was an experienced hostage negotiator. Oh wow! And um, he brought the only weapon he needed: his laptop computer. <laughs> they said that in the program. I was like, oh boy. Same. You know, Keith Morrison. It's I think it was Keith Morrison. It's my weapon of choice. Yeah, your laptop computer. My laptop. <laughs> we well, you know it's your boobs, Lynn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the agent gets to work immediately and. Quickly comes to the conclusion that Eduardo was almost certainly abducted by part of a fringe Marxist political group called EPR. Oh, jeez. One of the clues was that they left a hammer on the front seat of Eduardo's car, which was basically the calling card of the EPR. A hammer? Just like the wet bandits always left sinks on, and that was their calling card. You know the wet bandits? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Home Alone, Lynn! The wet bandits! Uh, they always leave the remember, and he's like, "Remember, we're the wet bandits." Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry, I was, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, Christina got that. Sorry, if you're listening, Christina, good job.
0: I, I, <laughs> I watched it a million times. I, I think Christina should
1: that. podcast with me. This one. All
0: right, see you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, she left. Thank God, finally. <laughs> it's just us now. <laughs>
0: finally, she's gone.
1: <laughs> So the agent told her that she needed to brace herself because this was not going to be over in days or weeks. It was going to be months (gasps) before her husband came back. She was also told that she shouldn't tell anyone and she definitely shouldn't talk to the news. So her husband was very involved in the community and was on the news a lot. They would interview him about different things Mm -hmm. going on. So it would make sense for her to you know, tell them, hey, Eduardo's been kidnapped. Right. But they're like, don't do that because it's going to piss them off mm-hmm. and they might hurt him. Eey, Eey. Which I'm not sure that's true. I kind of wonder if the mayor. So the mayor is the one who told her that. And I'm like, I wonder if the mayor just didn't want it to get out that somebody's been kidnapped. Oh, absolutely. In like and an affluent person. Well, and yeah,
0: because they don't want. Yeah, because it makes, you know,
1: makes the town look bad. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, then again, too, though, like, what is it? What good does it do to tell the news because the police are
1: involved, more or less? Right. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't do anything. So it was days before she heard anything. And when she finally did, they wanted to play the game where, you know, you post an ad in the paper and then I respond oh, Jesus! to Like they tell her what to post. They tell her where to post an ad. Uh-huh.
0: Ads are expensive for fuck's sake.
1: And it's like it was like in the animal section, the pet section oh, well, of the, the newspaper. And so they said, like, respond to this in the newspaper. And so she had to. Re- it's, I'm like, come on. Can you're already emailing her? Can she just not email you back? Yeah, right. Why you got to be all fucking like this is a movie
0: overthinking?
1: Yeah. So they finally get the ransom demand and they want eight million dollars for Eduardo's safe return. Eight
0: million dollars. Yeah, eight
1: million. Which she didn't have eight million dollars. Yeah, she didn't have $1, a million Mexico, dollars. Except the drug lords, right. have Eight
0: million dollars.
1: All of their assets were tied up in the ranch, and Jane didn't have the authority to independ- independently facilitate oh, it, The yeah. sale, and even if she did, the ranch was worth like a fraction of that. Uh, and um, I think the I think I swear I saw somewhere that it was worth like a million dollars, but still, that's seven million dollars short. You know?
0: I, well, yeah, yeah. If you're trying to get, like, an equity line or something, you're, more than it's worth.
1: (laughs) So for months, Jane and the AFI agent labored tirelessly to negotiate a reduced ransom while Eduardo languished in captivity. For months? Yeah, for months. months. His correspondence with Jane grew increasingly desperate and filled with anger as the days dragged on. Wait,
0: whose correspondence?
1: So Eduardo was writing letters to Jane. Oh, okay. But they began to include, oh, they were they were email letters. Uh-huh. They were, like, emails. Uh-huh. Um, they began to be, they became, like, very angry and mean. He'd say, I'm suffering more than I can manage. They beat me. They tie me up. I'm naked. I haven't eaten. I'm going crazy. I can't handle this torture anymore.
0: Oh, my God. That must be horrible for and, her to read. I mean, horrible for him, yes. Yeah, right. But for, for her. For her to read, right. Oh, my God. Then, and she's, like. Tied up, right. she like literally can't do anything and she's trying
1: so hard to do oh, something oh my god that's terrible then they became the letters became accusing our children are going to know that you're not paying money <sighs> that you left me to die and I would have gotten you out if already if it had been you and she knew that he was being forced like she yeah. knew that wasn't her husband yeah. and and that he was being forced to write these things to make her feel bad so that she she'd um play
0: on her emotions for sure
1: yeah and that she'd like Give up the money because they were sure that she had the money, but she's like, "I don't have the money to give you. I'd give you the money if I had (laughs) it." No,
0: she doesn't have it,
1: (laughs) right? So, and he had told he said that when they kidnapped him, he told them he's like, "You might think by looking at my ranch that I have money, but I don't have any money." Yeah, and and they didn't believe him, of course. It's
0: like all tied up and
1: Yeah, yeah, in the ranch. So she started selling things on the farm, horses, tractors, whatever oh she could goodness. sell. But she made around $20,000, which is nowhere near $8 million. Oh my God. They had started saying in their emails that if she didn't come up with the money on a certain date, that they were going to start cutting off his fingers. Oh, God. And when Jane couldn't pay, they said that Eduardo had sent her a package. Oh, no. So she is terrified of getting this package. Oh and God. when she finally gets it, she opens it. And there's, like, plastic on top, and she's like, oh, my God, it's going to be his fingers. And she opens it, and it's um, a bunch of IOUs signed by Eduardo and a note from the kidnapper saying you can take these and get people to give you loans to pay the ransom because it's signed by Eduardo. So she, she takes the money to local businessmen, and they're like, no, we're not giving you loans with that. Like, these could be – you could afford your husband's signature. We don't know, you know. Oh, God. And she, there's no way she could get $8 million. She doesn't even have anything I mean, to... I mean,
0: there's no $8 million in Mexico. I'm sorry. Right. Like, people in Mexico are either rich or they're poor. Right. Like, and and the rich people are not sharing with the poor people.
1: Right. And so in October, four months after he had oh, been kidnapped, God. another email with a letter from Eduardo. They injected him with AIDS-tainted blood. <gasps> and then his words turned ugly. Who are you, really? I never thought you could be this cruel and stubborn and such a bitch. When the hell are you going to pay? The words she felt sure were not his, but the torture, the daily horror she could only imagine. Oh,
0: my God. I can't even imagine being in that position. I know.
1: In November of 2007, they sent an image showing Eduardo naked and wounded, a gunshot wound piercing his left leg. Two weeks later, they shot Eduardo again, this time in the arm. While all of this was going on, Jane found out that she had breast cancer. <gasps> Despite her health struggles, she sought treatment in the United States and promptly returned to Mexico. Her resolve to secure her husband's release unwavering. <sighs> so the son, Fernando, talks about that picture where... So they show the picture on this, this Dateline episode. So he's laying on like on the ground or something. He's literally skin and bones. He's naked. Oh skin God. and bones. He's like kind of laying on his side and um his face I think his face is covered with like a pillowcase or mm-hmm. something. And you can see a gunshot in his arm and his leg like or maybe it was just his leg at that point. But he looks awful. Like, he's just, like, oh looks God. horrible. I can't, could can
0: you even imagine?
1: And so, this was in her email. And I don't know if the son, like, heard them talking or what, but he got curious and wanted to know. And so, he snuck on her computer and looked at the emails and oh, looked at no. the picture. And he's like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I wish I had never done that. Oh, my God, because the nightmares. I mean, right? at 12, I mean, he was 12 years old. Oh, my God. And then he couldn't even talk to anyone about it because he wasn't. Yeah. He knew he wasn't supposed to do it. I can't even imagine that. And his and throughout this whole Dateline episode, they're showing all these video home videos of them before, uh-huh. and it was like such a loving family. Like you can tell, like they're all singing and dancing, and like you can tell the dads, and he's like playing with the kids. And well,
0: they're like probably like very like crunchy granola kind yeah, of, yeah, like, right, because they, Waldorf school, hello, and all that stuff. But it's just like. I can't even imagine, like, her having to deal with the day-to-day stuff of this, like, this hanging over your head. Like, I can't sleep over stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Way more minimal than this. Like, way more minimal. I can't even – like, how did she sleep? How did she eat? Well, she she... was
1: on – like, at one point she had to take Tranquil – oh, my God. Tranquilize. Tranquilize. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tranquilize.
0: Tranquilize. Frankly, wise. I can't
1: say it. Oh my god! Why I can't you. I say it? Um, but she. I am sure. And she had. To, she was on like other meds to. I would have been she on said she was on massive
0: doses of, ang, of of like Xanax. Oh man, it's calling me.
1: Um, yeah, because she was freaking out. It was, I, I just feel so. And then she also had to like keep pretending everything's normal for her kids. Oh my god. And you still have to like make dinner every night and fucking yeah, make kids, breakfast yeah, and get, get the kids it. ready right. for school and. Jesus Christ. I can't even imagine. Oh, so not to mention, she also had cancer while all this is going on. And she's fighting cancer it's, That's so, among like, all the other She had to go to
0: the States bullshit. to fight her cancer. And she's probably stressed about any money she's spending because she's, oh, she's yeah, like depleting for sure. her $8 million like... <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So after many months of not getting anywhere with the kidnappers, Jane decided to use her acting skills. So she had been an actress since she was a baby. Oh. She was like in commercials as a baby and then... Um, she was in like small movie. She was in a role with in a, a movie with somebody like Jane Fonda or somebody. Paula Abdul. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Jane Fonda, Paula Abdul. They're the same. They look like sisters. I can't remember. who <laughs> Dolly Parton, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. There's another one. So um, she, and she had like a ton of like small acting roles and stuff in movies commercials and whatnot same jane so she rented a move she rented (laughs) you look like you're like (laughs) peeking at me (laughs) okay so we just took a break and lynn tried to pour me my second drink and i had told her today i only wanted one and a half drinks so she pours this
0: back up I just wanted one drink.
1: I just wanted one, but then later on, at like three o'clock, I go. I day wanted one less, and she hated her job more. She
0: said,
1: I want one and a half. Yeah, this morning I felt good about life. I was like, I want one drink, <laughs> but I still didn't get to two. She said one and a half. So she comes over to my. First of all, when we get here, she pulls out the biggest cups we have. Yes. The one I got drunk on when we were having passion fruit fruit margaritas. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, they li- were strong. That was that was bad. <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was, but it it was we're, a lot of slurring. A lot of slurring. Anyway, so she she fills. We had her first drink, drank it. After I had we my ate, second one while Rose. Oh was... yeah, she had another one, and then she pours herself a third one or pours. Who's the, counting, Rose? Pours the rum into the <laughs> thing. Pours her shots in hers It goes and tries to pour two shots in mine. No, it
0: was one shot. It, it was,
1: was one, but it was two, like Two a big... ounces. It was supposed to
0: be one and a half ounces, but I did two because we're grownups.
1: I know, but I wanted like one ounce. Okay. Because I wanted one and a half. That would be three instead of four. Right?
0: One and a half. You want one and a half. So that would be three one instead and of a half four drinks. instead of two instead of one and a half. <laughs> but that would make three, but not four. So
1: then she had to pour out... Pour, try to pour the rum back in the bottle, which she did over her drink, and then basically pour the <laughs> whole shot back in her drink. So now I have two shots in my drink. <laughs> whoop, whoop. So whoop, whoop. She, by the end of this, she'll be completely shit faced.
0: I'm going to be sliding off the floor.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to have to edit her out a lot. I'm done. I'm going to shug it.
0: Chug, chug, chug,
1: chug. So anyway, she rented moving trucks and packed up everything in their house and acted like they just gave up and were <gasps> moving. Like they're like, oh, we don't care about Fernando. I mean, not Fernando, Eduardo anymore. Oh, my God. But it worked. The kidnapper started dropping their ransom amounts until they were in the mid-six figures. And she was like, okay, that might be something I can actually borrow from right. people. Right, right. Um, they never say how much, but mid-six figures is like 500000 Yeah, she can, yeah. So she starts asking people for their help, and they would agree, but then they'd kind of be like backing, like when she... She, they'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll help you. And then when she goes to them for the actual money, they'd be like, oh no, I can't do it.
0: Well, and I wonder too, how many of them are? Aff- Did well, she tell them why or that's, no? Yeah,
1: yeah. So everybody knew at this point oh, that okay. he had been kidnapped, okay. and so probably
0: like I don't want to get everyone.
1: Involved. Yeah, was kind of basically yeah, like I don't want afraid. to get involved because I don't want them to come after me or yeah. my family. And she's super frustrated and like about to give up. And two people who she didn't. Asked, she knew them, but she didn't ask them. Wrote big checks, and all they asked was that it remained anonymous. Anonymous, Like she didn't ever tell anybody who had given her the money. They didn't ask for it to be paid back or anything.
0: Uh, FYI, if anybody ever wants to send me a check, I will never tell anybody who it's from.
1: (laughs) Just just putting it out there in the universe.
0: Okay, go ahead, Rose.
1: (laughs) I'm sure we'll get a lot of those in the mail.
0: (laughs) My address is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she started, they started negotiating with the kidnappers again and so saying like, we, we have the money, we can do it. And she finally got the email that said, we have a deal, be ready to deliver the money. The final am- amount at the request of the family and police was withheld. A fraction of the original demand, but it had to be in U.S. $100 bills oh my God. and it had to be done in secret. I know, I feel like these, these, um, Kidnappers are like think they're in a movie. Like, what are they do? Like, this is a long
0: time. What are they doing? Like, don't <sighs> anyway. I, I, uh...
1: it, well, I think part of it is like they like, um, and I think I talk about this later on, but I think they actually like the torturing and the the that's... kidnapping and all right. that. I think they're they, enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, they actually enjoy that, and that's why it takes them so long. Oh my God, because they waited how many days just to email her? Yeah, even though they yeah. had all the information. So the kidnappers. Wanted a family member to make the drop. But the agent, the AFI agent was like, absolutely not. We're not Mm going to do that. And so Jane went to two ranch employees who she knew really well and asked them. And they said, of course, we'll do it. Jane drove the two employees who were brothers. To Mexico City, four hours on country highways oh, and then followed very precise directions. And then she drove back to San Miguel, where she put a doctor, psychologist and a helicopter on standby per the order of the le- the oh, like ransom. Helicopter. Yeah. Just
0: because I have that in my back pocket anytime I need it.
1: Right. I mean, how do you even get a helicopter on standby?
0: The only way I can get one is if I was dying and it was the medical one.
1: <laughs> and they probably still wouldn't take you in a helicopter.
0: No, they probably
1: wouldn't. They'd be like, you don't look like you have insurance. <laughs> We're going to wait for the um, yeah. the like private transport team. <laughs> We called an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're waiting and nothing. Like, they don't hear anything. Oh, no. She had demanded proof that Eduardo was still alive when they were setting up the negotiations, negotiations and she got, in return, a photo of him holding that day's newspaper. Newspepper. <laughs> <laughs> was there salt with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The newspaper. The holding pepper. the newspaper. The pepper. Um, And he was completely emaciated. Oh, like, God. Yeah, like, just skin and bones. Worse than somebody on a loan so in their Mexi- mexico's okay obviously the alcohol was hitting me because now i can't talk i told you i wanted one and a half
0: i gave you one and
1: a half did you <laughs> <laughs> You're just I'm, I'm leaving that one in <laughs> In their Mexico City hotel the brothers waited for the, with the bag of money 2 days no word oh my and gosh, then finally she's Fashi...
0: spending more money on getting them in a state, keeping them in a hotel <laughs> yeah. I would be so stressed that's about so the funny. funds that's the first thing i think about I didn't think even of. think
1: about that but i can totally be like think,
0: oh my god now i got to pay for another night in a hotel
1: yeah my uh, so <laughs> this is completely unrelated but so Joseph got into a college here in Virginia, and he it was his second choice. That's where he wanted to go. You already know what college. So I went ahead and paid the fee or whatever you have to pay to, like, officially join that college. And now another college is trying to recruit him in Tennessee. It's a D2 school trying to recruit him for soccer. They saw him playing down in Florida this weekend. Shut up. And so— Is he going to get a full ride? i mean we haven't gotten that far like oh. he's just interested in talking to joseph and ha- he wants him to come out and visit and i joseph's not interested i mean i i sent him the the guy texted me because somehow my name my number's on the brochure instead of joseph's uh-huh. it's a whole thing it's the second time a recruiter has texted me and i'm like you got the wrong person anyway so i sent the, the text to joseph and chris chris was super excited <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Joseph didn't say anything. He sent me some gloves that he had. Want- he wanted. He needed new-, new goalie gloves. And I was like, did you see the text I sent you? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, like, totally not phased at all. So I had texted Christina, my sister, and I was like, oh, yeah, Joseph, you know, D2 school is interested in Joseph. And she was like, um, she knows that we already put the money down for the college and stuff. And she was like, well, I think he should go out and visit just absolutely. for the experience. Yeah. And I immediately was like, Fuck that, I'm not paying for hotels so he can have the experience. <laughs> no, but it is Like, he has no interest in going. Like he But has... you never but you don't I know, you, you don't, don't know. know. And I You I... don't
0: know until he gets there because once he gets there it's like like when Caitlin was applying to schools and we went to the school she chose. Yeah. I was like, she's not gonna go here and then when we got to the campus I fell in love with it. I mean yeah. you just don't know. He may be like, Oh my god, this is amazing.
1: But the chance of, like, a D2 school act- actually giving any, like, scholarship money is very low. And then it's going to cost twice as much to go out of state.
0: But they reached out to you. So why yeah. wouldn't you try and play that? I don't know. You definitely
1: Plus, should. I don't want him to go that far away.
0: <laughs> I know, but it's like, I mean, if he's going to be playing soccer, what if he gets a free ride? What if he gets a 50% ride? Yeah. I mean, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, I guess so.
1: I mean I'll talk to him about it and see what you, he wants to do
0: I would definitely make him go I mean you can always get fairly like are they, they're not going to pay for any of your can, I don't know how all that stuff works Can they? Pay I never for your responded
1: coming? to the guy so I need to talk to Chris and ask what I should do because I need to
0: Will they pay for you guys like for your housing and stuff? No I there? don't no. doubt it I don't know it's worth asking I mean they may like put you up in dorms or something who knows Or they may have like suites for visiting families. Yeah, it can't hurt to. I mean, because just introducing him to that, like just seeing that in his lifetime is a school outside of the state. Yeah, kind of cool. That's true. You need to take him.
1: Anyway, I forgot what we were talking about.
0: We're talking about this lady in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This lady who's trying to find her husband.
1: So anyway, the two brothers are in the hotel. for two days waiting for these people to call or email. And they finally get an email, and it says, the men you chose have to leave the hotel at 5 p.m. They are to wear summer clothes even though it was winter. They must mark the letter T on their caps with duct tape. There could be no weapons, no cell phones, any hint of the federal police, and the deal was off. I'm telling you, it's like they think it's like a fucking movie. So weird. So the two brothers were ordered to a fried chicken place blocks from the hotel. There, there was a note taped to, the, to a payphone. They went from restaurant to convenience store to restaurant, each stop with a note on a payphone to map the next location. So it's like a fucking scavenger hunt. Isn't this weird?
0: It's so bizarre.
1: And I'm like, what, what is the Who purpose of Who has the time for this shit? But what is the purpose? To get them like turned around or just to show them that they're. Yeah, his to little make them bitches? jump through hoops. They're just yeah. trying to make
0: them jump through hoops. This is what is my thought. They're they, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's it to say, like, I'm in charge here. Yeah. They drove around the city for hours on this scavenger hunt until the finally that. the final note said, "This is a photograph. Make sure that the person that meets you at the next destination has the missing piece." It was proof, uh, the proof of life photo they had sent of mm-hmm. Eduardo with a hole where his face was. So the person they meet is supposed to have the hole, the, the, the picture, picture of his face. Uh-huh. He was instructed to go down a dark alley at a specific spot and meet this person who would have the other piece of the photograph. Now the brothers understood it was at an end and they followed the kidnappers directions with absolute precision. I
0: guess it would kind of suck if you just walk down this dark alley and you're like, see some like person in the alley and you hand them all the money. Oh my god, I was thinking the same thing. When they saw,
1: I'm like, who else is going to be at the fucking, in the dark alley asking you for... But you, you never for, know, like, maybe it'd be my luck that they would... Like, it'd be like a homeless person yeah, They'd be like, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, thanks. <laughs> there were eyes on them. They knew it. They pulled up to the end of the alley as they'd been ordered. The older brother picked up the bag of money, opened the door, got out of the car, walked down the alley and then disappeared. Meanwhile, Jane and the agent are at home waiting for a call. They had <laughs> been waiting like Hours and hours. Well, days, really, at this point? Well, yeah, and these guys weren't allowed to take their cell phone on the scavenger hunt, so it's not like they could be like, oh, we're, you know, going to the the fried chicken place now. Then finally, the brother that was sitting in the car called them. He told them that he was terrified and that his brother had disappeared into the dark, holding onto the sack full of $100 bills, but he hadn't come back. Mm. I mean, if it's $500,000 and $100 bills, that's a huge fucking sack. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And he said some kind of police car was hovering around. Imagine that. But whoever was in the car did not behave like the police. I can imagine. Was wrong. They had the brother, Jane and the agent told the brother to wait at that same spot for half the night. He, he sat there waiting for his brother. Oh Finally, God. the agent told him to go back to the hotel room and stay by the phone. The rest of the night and all the next day, Jane, the F- AFI agent, and the young man in the hotel room in Mexico City watched the phone.
0: Oh, my God. The poor brother has to be terrified now. He's like, I just lost my brother right. now too. Oh, my gosh.
1: But the phone never rang. After about Ugh. 24 hours, they finally got an email saying, we have the person you sent with the money. We've counted the money. It's all there in unmarked bills, as we have requested. But we are going to hold on to the person who made the delivery so <gasps> that when... They released Eduardo. He and Jane would have to come up with even more money to get
0: the, oh that my man god. back.
1: That's I think that's why they they wanted a family member, because they thought if they can have the family member. Yeah. That you're going to definitely pay to get him back. Oh my god! And I think they knew that Eduardo wasn't going to live much longer because he was like, yeah, on death's door. Yeah. You know. And so they had to release him. They had failed. The kidnappers had every dollar it took Jane seven months to gather. And now they kidnapped Jane's employee.
0: Oh, my God. She had to feel horrible.
1: And they hadn't even released Eduardo. The kidnappers promised Eduardo's release 48 hours after the drop. There was no word, no call. Nothing to suggest the kidnappers had or would make good Mm -hmm. on their claim. Two days went by and it was little Fernando's 13th birthday. They had a small celebration with some cake, and when he blew out the candles on his cake, he made a wish that his dad would come home. The next morning, Jane is in the kitchen washing dishes when someone walks by the window. It was very quick, and it was someone who looked very thin and frail and very, very old. And he had on a fluorescent yellow baseball cap and dark, dark clothing. She wondered if it was one of the kidnappers that had been watching the house. She stared out the back door and saw a skeleton out there. It looked like a man who was like a a dead man walking. It took a moment to register it was Eduardo, completely unrecognizable, emaciated skin and bones. Jane immediately grabbed him and hugged him and said she felt that he felt so frail and cold, almost like oh he was God. already dead. That had to be so horrible. Yeah, yeah. the pictures of him, not it didn't even look like him. Eduardo had lost half his body weight and weighed only 80 pounds. And he's a tall guy. 80 pounds? 80 pounds. If I weighed 80 pounds, I'd look fucking freaky. Oh, my God. The doctor who finally examined him noted late-stage severe starvation, liver damage, concussion, three broken ribs, and severe stomach infections, along with two gunshot wounds. But though the kidnappers told him that they'd injected him with tainted blood, he did not have HIV or AIDS. That's good. He hobbled around bent and brittle and had to be supported up or down the stairs. Oh my God. Confined naked within a cramped box, covered in dark abrasive rug, a single bulb in the ceiling that was never turned off, and an electronic eye watching. The box... I- Oh.
0: I can't even imagine. Sorry. I can't even imagine his kids seeing him, though.
1: Like, that would be Terrifying
0: for them to see him. I mean, it's like his wife had to be overjoyed to see him. But it was horrible yeah. to see him in that shape. But I can't imagine his kids. Yeah. They had to be terrified. Well,
1: the one I think it was Emilio, the the six year old, said that he ran up and hugged him. And he said, all I can remember is that my arms went completely around him. Ugh. and That had never happened before. And like, that's what he remembers. We know kids. I'm sure they were like, can you come play with me? Yeah. Can you give me a snack?
0: Yeah. This will be my stand up. Yeah. I need a snack.
1: <laughs> Sorry you have cancer, mom, and dad's yeah. d- dying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's no snacks in the house. Yeah. Why do we
1: have chips? Yeah, exactly. So the box he was in, they recreated this box on Dateline. Which seemed a little traumatizing to me. I thought it was a little weird. But the box is slightly wider than his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, so he could sit cross-legged in it, but it was just, like, just barely. And barely long enough for him to lay down. So maybe, like, six feet by...
0: So it was like a coffin?
1: Two feet, kind of. But it was really tall. And there was, like, a tube in it with a hole, with, like, a breathing hole where the air would come out. Oh, my God. And there was a single light bulb, you know, like, you pull the light bulb on. And that's where he was, like, all the time.
0: So, basically, in, in like, a a grave, basically, kind of. Kind of, but it was tall,
1: yeah. It wasn't, wasn't like, a small—right. It was exactly the size of, like, a coffin, but it was, like, really tall. They watched him. He only had a bucket for his toilet that they rarely emptied. They watched him on the webcam, kept him naked, fed him an occasional piece of fruit or salad. Ugh. Hindered, relentless. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Can I get something besides a salad, please? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes in this box with Keith Morrison. And I'm like. Oh, The actual box? The box that they recreated. Oh, no.
0: That just gave me the and chills. And I'm like, no. how could
1: they even ask Mm-mm. him to do that? No. I'm like, I hope they
0: like. He might have said, I'll do it. Because they were yeah. like, we're going to show this. and But I. No. No, and ma'am.
1: he, I mean, he was sitting and he seemed fine, but I can't imagine. I ha, that has to be PTSD has to be really bad. He endured relentless psychological torment, incessant exposure to blinding light and disorienting music, vicious daily beatings, two gunshots, and starvation. The music was so loud that he lost fifteen percent of his hearing. He said it was just like this Mexican music, and they blasted it. Oh, my and God. And he that's asked... That's like what
0: they do at fucking Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, and yeah. They,
1: he asked them to turn it down. Can we turn the music off or turn it down? And they're like, no, because then you could, you'll be able to hear us talking.
0: Well, and also, it's that's like a... like a
1: Torture. Torture. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's like a form of torture.
1: And there were rules. Rule one, no talking ever. Communication was by handwritten note. The kidnappers would signal when they wanted to enter the box. They would just, like, kn- knock on the door twice, and then they'd go enter the box. Mm-hmm. Slowly he starved. If they gave him a bit of chicken, he'd eat the bone as well. An egg he'd eat the shell. Ugh. And the torture got worse. The kidnappers sent him notes telling him Jane didn't care about him, had moved to another had moved another man into the ranch to live with her, <gasps> oh, and even no. though he knew it wasn't true, the abuse and frail mental state let doubt seep in. He had been in the box for a total of two hundred and twenty five days. Mm. Seven and a half months. Then one night the kidnappers shaved him and dressed him and took a the proof that proof-of-life photo that they had sent to Jane. At 4 a.m., they tied the hood back on his head, put him in a car, and brought him to a cemetery. They ordered him to face the wall and count to 200. He was sure they were going to shoot him in the back of the head. But when he got to 200 and turned around, they were gone. Mm. They had given him, like, a little lunch box with um, a little bit of food and then uh, some pesos. And he was able to walk to a bus stop there was a man there, and he was able to tell him like he's like I want to go to San Miguel, and the man was able to tell him how like that mm-hmm. bus is coming whenever. To me, that's crazy. Like, so he got off the bus at San Miguel where, and how far did he have to walk to his freaking house?
0: Yeah, because they were like in in a rural area. Yeah, he
1: said. and like their driveway alone was super long. So he's gonna
0: <laughs> he walk. He has no no like he's just barely alive. Right. And he had to walk like probably a couple miles. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: And I guess he didn't, like, trust the police because he didn't try to go to the police at all. No, I wouldn't go to the police either. He probably knew enough because he had grown up in Mexico. As negotiations resumed to secure the release of the abducted employee, the kidnappers escalated their threats, saying they would harm the entire family unless their demands were met. Fearing for their children's safety and heeding the counsel of federal authorities, they finally decided to leave Mexico. Months later, their employee was liberated without any ransom exchanged, marking the end of the traumatic ordeal. They actually came to live in, in um, Virginia with her mom. Oh, wow. Wait. I think that's why she was in D.C. because her mom lived, I think, in northern Virginia. Oh, OK. And she called her mom, like, right when it, he was um, kidnapped and her mom came down there. So she's been with them the whole time.
0: So... Is she, did you t- say this at the beginning? Is she from the U.S.?
1: She is, yeah. He's from Mexico. Oh, okay. She's, I believe she's from Virginia. Oh, okay. So the, the employee was let go after months of torture, which oh I'm like, God. well, they didn't pay any attention to what went on with him, did they? Poor guy. I know. Tragically, just four years later, Jane succumbed to her battle with breast cancer at the tender age of 45.
0: Oh, my
1: God. I mean, those poor fucking kids. They had this, like, ideal, like, Picture perfect life, right?
0: Exactly, and it then was like ripped out from like, them. Ripped like completely out ripped out. One
1: day, oh my god! And Eduardo said that was the most devastating blow of my life, even more so than the kidnapping. It was utterly heart wrenching. The day she died. Uh, Despite extensive investigations, no individuals were ever formally charged in connection with Eduardo's abduction. Of course not. However, a potential suspect briefly emerged linked to another kidnapping incident in San Miguel. Authorities speculate that this individual, formerly associated with the Waldorf School, founded by the Valseca family, may have ties to Eduardo's kidnapping. Hmm. Which is maybe how they got the idea to kidnap him and were able to kind of find out so much about him. Mm -hmm. Not enough, obviously, because they didn't know he didn't have any money. Presently incarcerated for another abduction, the possibility of further investigation into his involvement remains uncertain, which means it's never going to happen. It's not not
0: in Mexico.
1: Eduardo now lives in a suburb of Washington, D.C., and he remains resolute in in refusing to let the traumatic kidnapping dictate the course of his life. I refuse to allow sorrow to consume me. Life is too fleeting, he says.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The story of Jane Valseca.
0: Where did you hear about this?
1: My mom told me about it. Oh,
0: that's right. You told me that. Yeah, That's crazy. I've never heard of that.
1: I know. Neither have I. It's unbelievable that it's they had so like this sad. perfect life and then this happened.
0: Yeah. And they were kind of living in this like, you know, and that's I mean, that's the thing about like Mexico is like it's, you know, it's very cheap to live there, but there's a lot of corruption and crime. Yeah. And so if you're going to live there, you have to. That's one of the risks. But, right. I mean, they were kind of like out in this like rural area. Yeah, and they
1: said like most of that happened in, in Mexico City, and so cities, right. they you know they felt really safe where they were because nothing had ever happened like that in San Miguel, mm. and so they felt safe and like nothing was going to happen. Like they didn't worry about. It. They never thought about it, you know. And then suddenly it just God, it's happened so to them. Tragic.
0: So how was he able to come to Mexico to to the U.S. and stay? Was it because
1: so he must have? I think because she was a citizen, so right he married her, so she must have wonder- had a green card, I guess. Well, I mean, he had a green card. No,
0: he wouldn't just get come? a green card for marrying her. But
1: I thought that's how you got your green oh, card. Oh, no, that's true.
0: But would he if they got maybe? Uh, I don't know. I'm wondering if
1: I think they got married in the states. Oh, uh, okay. So and they moved to the states when she was still alive. Yeah, and so he probably became a citizen.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he was like wonder. You know, there also is the possibility that he came as a like almost like a refugee based on the well, situation they were in. They
1: did meet in D.C. too, so it's possible he was already oh. a citizen some other way.
0: So he was there with like with a green card or work visa or maybe or yeah, maybe something. Okay, guy. that makes sense. Oh my god! I know it's so crazy. So the kids were the kids born there or here? Did it say?
1: I think they were born in Mexico. Okay, because I think they bought the land and then the kids were born. Oh,
0: that's a that was a really good story, Rose. That was crazy, though.
1: So it was like watching the Dateline episode. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god.
0: So speaking of Mexico and crazy stories, did you see that? Well, I mean, I'm sure you saw it, but I just posted. There's a new. Netflix series about Griselda Blanco.
1: Oh, yeah. I think you were telling me about that and the other night.
0: Blanco. And I was like, oh, my God. We did a story on her. So I posted it on our Instagram. And, um, yeah, it's all about her life. And, like, she was, like, to this day, like, I was watching the trailer. She was, like, one of the most, the, the drug, the ring that she led was, like, one of the most profitable ones like in history in mexico like, she the was, like a woman it,
1: badass so. um i mean she probably when she was kidnapping people she didn't demand all this goofy shit yeah
0: <laughs>
1: um i
0: don't think she kidnapped people i think she just killed people oh well
1: <laughs> i was thinking that you need to do an update on um what's her freaking name um natalia grace. natalia grace yeah. i should do
0: an update on her But there's still stuff coming out about her. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, so
1: maybe you should wait.
0: Yeah, because like the end of the the end of the
1: I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was saying like her and her family weren't getting along. Yeah,
0: but apparently they've made amends now. So I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I still feel like there's a lot of unsolved stuff. Yeah. Like I, I mean, honestly, the way I feel about Natalia Grace is that if she is fucked up and she's lying and she's doing deceitful things, my God. It's all about her past trauma. Oh, right. I mean, I mean she was living on her own in a
1: fucking apartment. When she was eight. Yeah. As someone who had, like, major or disabilities. Or she was 10 at that point.
0: Yeah. She was living by herself right. at 10 years yeah. old. There's, and, and if you look now at the way she looks now compared to the way she looked
1: in You the, can tell she was a kid. She was, a
0: ba- she was totally a baby. Yeah. Like, the, the way her teeth... Like, the dentist said she was absolutely a child. Yeah. But the doctors were like, oh, like, all that stuff was excluded. So it's...
1: It's fucking crazy. It is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. That story is nuts. so It's so sad that that's somebody's life, you know?
0: I know, but, like, it's, like, the fact that she was, like, people suffer so much mental grief from being put up for adoption. Although, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying, like, if you can't raise the kid and somebody else can, that's great. But people suffer, and they do suffer mental, like, trauma oh, yeah. from being adopted. And so you've got that. Not to mention she's gone through, she went through, like, she was with her third family. Or she was in the orphanage. Then she was with her second second or third family. Right. And they completely abused her.
1: And after the first family, like, gave her up, right? I, yeah,
0: they never talked about why they gave her up. It's yeah. very weird. But when this family took her in, and, they, like, the, the mother was an abusive, psychotic woman. Right. And then the dad was just
1: fucking Oh, my God, was
0: fucking whack. But, I mean, I... Ugh, I just feel it's just so tragic because she definitely looks like she's like in her 20s now.
1: Yeah. she No, she totally does. But
0: she didn't in in other pictures. She's definitely a child.
1: I hope she's getting therapy just like uh, Gypsy Rose. Oh, my God.
0: With Gypsy Rose. She seems to have settled down a little bit. I'm kind of glad about that because she doesn't need all that attention. No, she needs to.
1: I feel like she needs to be single and get therapy and build a life on her own. Like
0: I feel like she and I'm. I'm no, you know, I'm not a medical specialist or... You're not? No, not today. That's a doctor. Not today. That's tomorrow. Um, but I feel like she needs to kind of like live in not a halfway house, but almost like a secure community for a certain amount of time until she learns how like the world is right. working yeah. because no, it's so I different than when she went to jail and so and she
1: was a kid and not allowed out of her I mean she wasn't a kid but she was treated life. like a like an infant yeah. and wasn't allowed out of her house so I feel like
0: she should be in some not a halfway house but something almost more secure than to a halfway help house. like teach
1: her how to like be a member of society
0: at this day and age yeah. it's so
1: different yeah I mean that's just that's yeah. what's re- messed up about her system and know, it's like it, in jail did she even get therapy you know I don't know. I feel like I feel I, like people would be so bit, so much better off if they just were getting like weekly therapy in jail.
0: I mean, I don't understand why they wouldn't. I know. It's crazy.
1: Well, I know. But why I mean they I think it's I think it's an option
0: it. because you don't have to do anything you don't want to really in jail as far as like working yeah. and stuff like I that. I mean,
1: is it even an option? I don't know.
0: But I know that I mean it should it should be mandatory to have therapy. Oh, in I one
1: hundred percent agree. But
0: like but there's like I know of people that have been to jail and and they're like, Okay, well they can work in jail and make but you don't make anything. You make like six dollars a day or something, but you can still work. And I know people are like, Fuck it, I'm not working, it's only six dollars a day, but you know, it's still better than nothing and it's good for your mental health. It's good for yeah. you know, but, but you don't have to. You know,
1: like you think if if everybody was that went to jail was required to to participate in therapy. Yeah how much better off people coming out of jail would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're always going to have people who are just never going to be okay. Right. Like, they're always going right. to do wrong and stuff. But just think about all the people Even that... it's
0: one out of 20.
1: Right. And right? all the people that have, you know, most of... Mo- I feel like most people who are bad adults were abused as children or had just shitty lives. Yeah. And they need to come overcome that childhood trauma. Yeah. And if you don't overcome that, then it's just going to be repeating more and more of it.
0: Right. And and overcome that and learn how to learn and and, and get the tools right. that you need to survive right. while you're in jail. So when you get out, you're like, oh, I have, you know, like, yeah, and,
1: yeah I, don't, I don't know. And, but, yeah. And give them the tools once they get out to, like, find a job. I would or... be all about
0: my taxes increasing for people to get rehabilitated right. in jail. But there's that's a whole thing except for Trump if he goes to jail I don't want him to be re- rehabilitated sorry oh, well, sorry me. guys
1: he, uh, he can't be re- rehabilitated no he's a fucking yeah I think he should go into the gen pop
0: Cookie. gen pop <laughs> yeah right So he can be tremendous <laughs> well you guys Rose that was a great story you, you did a really good job thank you and if you like that slide into our DMs let us know what you thought I. oh my gosh you guys we really appreciate all the messages we've been getting it's been fantastic. You all we love are it.
1: so lovely. We
0: love it. We, we love, love all you all. Comments, um, but we are on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at No Ordinary Women Pod and the X, formerly Twitter, at No Ord O R D Pod. So give us a shout out if you have somebody that you'd like us to cover. Let us know. We always we love suggestions. Until next week.
1: Bye. Bye.